verses 25 through 32. Now his elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come home and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has gotten back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you and I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you kill the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead, and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. I want to use for a subject how to crash a party. How to crash a party. I believe that we all can agree that the parable of the prodigal son is one of the most known teachings of our Lord and Savior Jesus our Christ. And if we ever go into Sunday school, all of us have some understanding or some knowledge about this parable that Jesus tells about a boy who goes to his father and asks for his inheritance that belongs to him. And the Bible tells us that this boy's end journeys away from home and engages in what the Bible calls dissolute and righteous living, only to find himself in a pity pen of life where he has to come to himself. And when he comes to himself, he decides to make his way back home, only to find that his father is standing at the gate, watching, waiting, willing to welcome him home. And the boy comes and his father wraps his arms around him, puts a robe on his back, puts a ring on his finger, and all of us should be drawn to and attracted to this parable for at least two good reasons. Because all of us in here have had some dissolute tendencies. And I know that the fact that we're in church on the second Sunday highlight that we've been getting our lives together. And that we come a long way. Because we carry a Bible in our car. We've got a cross around our neck. And a Jesus bumper sticker on our car. But if truth be told about all of us, none of us haven't gone through some careless strain in our lives. And sometimes we drifted outside the Lord's will and the Lord's desires. And y'all, I know that this is graduation Sunday. And you have on your back this best. But somebody knows what the pig pen looks like. And somebody knows what the pig pen feels like. And to end up in a place where we find that life ain't what we thought it was going to be on our terms. And we realize that we have to get our dirty and unclean selves back to the Lord. And the second reason that we ought to love this parable. It's because it reminds us that we have a forgiven father. Amen. And isn't it amazing that we get when we get our lives right? And when we decide to come back to God's house, that the Lord didn't punish us because of our reckless living, but that he opened up his arm and received us. And for some of us just being in church today, it's a miracle and a wonder. And it's only because we have a forgiven father who welcomed us back with his arms wide open. But I think the beauty of this parable keeps us from missing the real meaning of what Jesus is trying to teach us. Because if we understand the context, Jesus has been accused by the Pharisees of not being the Messiah. And they say that he can't be the Messiah because he eats and hangs out with sinners. 
Because in that day, having fellowship and breaking bread were signs that you were openly received into your company. And the Pharisees in the church folk couldn't understand how Jesus would openly welcome somebody that they called sinners. And in order to respond to this political and social issue, Jesus gives one answer with three parts. And he tells one long story that has three different episodes. And he tells the story of the lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. And the point of each episode is to remind the Pharisees that there was something that was lost. And the thing that was lost meant something to the person who owned it. So the one who owns it goes through a whole lot to find what was lost. And there's a shepherd who loses the sheep. And he leaves 99 other sheep in danger to go find the one. There's a woman who loses the coin and tears her house upside down to find that one coin. A father loses a son and goes to the gate of his property every day because he wants his son to come back. And when he comes back, he receives it with open arms. And the theme of the parable is success to the Pharisees and to the church folk. And the sinners that we reject are still valuable to the Lord. And the Lord is willing to go through whatever he needs to go through to open his arms for anybody who wants to be found. And even to the point of dying on the cross. And Jesus understands that the Pharisees won't understand what's going to happen on Calvary if they don't understand that a shepherd will chase down his sheep. And a woman will look for her corn. And a father will receive his son back to him. But y'all, the story ain't over until it's over. Because the Pharisees aren't over, because the, the parables aren't over when things are lost or found. Because after the shepherd finds the sheep, verses 5 and 6 tell us that they start rejoicing and sends words to his friends to come and rejoice with me. A woman finds a corn and sends out an invitation to a party. It says, now that I find my coin, all of y'all come over here and rejoice with me. So it's not just about something that was lost and found, but it's also about the one who found it. Send out the word to everybody else to come and join me in rejoicing for what I found that was lost. So y'all, it's not about a parable about the lost and found, but this is a parable about being thankful. This is a parable about being grateful. This is a story about being joyful. Because these parables are meant to remind us that no matter what our situation, that we have a reason to celebrate. So just like the shepherd invited his friend to come rejoice, just like the women invited her friend to come celebrate, when the prodigal son comes home, the father throws a party and says, everybody let us eat and celebrate. But only to find out his oldest son, who's been working out in the field, that when he gets home and he hears the music, and he hears the dance that he's so angry and indignant about that he refuses to celebrate. And what he really says is there ain't nothing to be thankful for. Because this is a shame that this boy who done hung out with these prostitutes is now having a party. And let me just pull up right here and acknowledge that nowhere in the text did Jesus say that he was hanging out with prostitutes. So let me suggest that that's what Pharisees and church folks do. Because they try to put sins on you. And they'll be guilty if they were you. And that's why we can't listen to everybody's commentary about somebody else. Because church will have a way of adding some dirt to the story. And most of the time ain't none of it true. So the oldest son says to himself, there's no reason to celebrate. And I want to suggest to us that some of us feel the same way that the older brother feels. Because life will put us in some places. But we just don't feel like giving thanks. Right. 
And here you are working hard for the Lord. But life has to produce for you like it does for somebody else. And it kills our celebration. And we can't understand how the Lord can be that gracious to them. And they ain't been to church since last year. And the truth be told, sometimes life will take the celebration out of our spirits. And we just don't feel like celebrating. So watch what happens when the Father comes out. And he gives us a reason that we have to celebrate. And he says in verse 31, you are always with me. So the very first reason that we ought to celebrate is that we serve a God who's always with us. That he never leaves us or forsakes us. That's why the psalmist says, I've been young and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And somebody needs to hear that this morning. That even in the midst of your struggle, that God is still with you. Even in the midst of your pain, that God is still with you. Even in the midst of all the hell that we go through, the Bible says, behold, you are there. In every storm, in every struggle, in every problem, in every heartbreak, in every diagnosis, in every surgery, he has been with us. So watch what happens. The older brother shows up. Here's the part. Ask the servant what's going on. And the servant says, your brother is back. And your father is thrown apart. Yeah. And verse 28 tells us that the older brother became angry and says, I ain't going in. So y'all, the father comes out of the house to tell the brother that you're always with me. Now I need us to see this. Because there's a party going on. And the older brother doesn't want to go in. Come on. And when the father realizes that the older brother won't come in, he goes out to find him to tell him that you're always with me. So y'all, there's a party going on. And the older brother doesn't want to come inside. And even though he won't go in, the father knows how to come out and say to him that you are always with me. And somebody ought to be happy that we have a father that knows how to come to us when we don't have enough good sense to come to him. Because he loves us so much that even when we stayed outside, even when we don't know how to surrender, that he showed up anyhow. And there's somebody in here today, and that's why you shout the way you shout. Because you didn't always know how to come to God. You didn't always live how God wanted you to. But even when I was stuck outside, the Lord showed up to where I was. And the reason that I'm with him today is because God came to me. So y'all, the Father says in verse 31, you are always with me. And part of the reason that he says this is because the older brother puts up a good argument in verse 29. And he says, look at him. I ain't never disobeyed you. I ain't never challenged you. And if somebody on your road believes that they can say the same thing, but don't none of us have no never on our resume. Because yes, we have. We might not do any more because we're too old. But we don't have no never on our resume. And he says, I've never done you wrong. And you never gave me anything. So I can have this party with my friends. Then the father claps back in verse 31. It says, why do you want to turn up with your friends when you can always turn up with me? And you said I didn't give you a party, but you always have my presence. Yeah. So you mad that you didn't get a fatty cat, but you have my faithfulness. Yeah. You upset because you didn't get what she got, but you spend time with me all day long. Because the party has to end at some point. And who, who you going to have with you then? Because there's some friends that only show up as long as there's a party going on. And the reason that we ought to be grateful is because God's presence is permanent. And when the party is over, he's still right there. When your car breaks down, he's still right there. 
When the job says don't come back, he's still right there. When friends walk away, he's still right there. But I don't think he's always with us. But all that is mine is yours. Now let me tell y'all what a father had to say this. Because the older brother has compared every day with his father. With one party for his younger brother. And he comes to the conclusion that based on what I can see right now, that you haven't given me anything that I should be thankful for. And his father says, listen son, don't let what you see one time make you forget what you have every day. And the problem with most of us is that we get caught up in what the Lord does for somebody one time. And we forget what the Lord does for us every day. Because every day is a day of thanksgiving. Because every day the Lord has given us something. Every day he wakes us up. Every day he listens to our prayers. Every day he puts food on the table. Every day he puts clothes on our back. And every day the Lord gives us something. And y'all, this the day the Lord has done enough for us to thank him until January. And y'all, if I know the Lord like I know the Lord, before we get to the house today, he's going to do something else to make us want to pray. And y'all, if I know the Lord like I know the Lord, before we go to sleep tonight, he's going to do something else to make us want to pray. And y'all, if I know the Lord like I know the Lord, before we wake up in the morning, he's going to do something else that ought to make us want to pray. And that's why we have to learn how to thank God for the little things. Because there's so many church folks don't want to thank God for the miracles in the morning. But God is looking for about four or five people who can thank him for the little stuff. Thank him that you got a seat in the sanctuary. Thank him that you had some way to park your car. Thank him for a 99 cent sausage biscuit. Thank him for a fine leg of Popeyes on Tuesday. And the Father says, listen here, boy. Because all I have is yours. And the reason that the Father had to say that is because the older brother thinks that he's earned. And he says, look, boy, I didn't give you a party. But I put a roof over your head. And you can't thank me for a roof over your head. Because you looking for a part. Because for some reason you think that what you have is what you ought to have. Because you say that you ain't done nothing wrong. You haven't disobeyed me. So now you think that you have some rights and some benefits. And that we're shutting up your celebration. Because we think that we deserve what the Lord has given us. We don't know how to say thank you. So watch how he gets him straight in verse 31. Because all that is mine is yours. Another version of the Bible says all that I have is yours. Another version says everything that is mine is yours. Now just in case y'all missed that, let me give you the real meaning. Because in all that this boy enjoys, and all that this boy is blessed with, it really belongs to the Father. And by grace, he freely shares with him. But it really is the Father. But because I love you so much, I'll let you use what really ain't yours. But I'll put it in your hand because it came from my heart. Now, y'all, over the years, I'm finding out that I act a whole lot like my mama and my daddy. And the older I get, the more I sound like it. And I had an issue with my son and the cell phone. Because this boy would see that I would call him but he wouldn't call me back. Now the problem is fixed now, because I downloaded an app on his phone called Call Me Back. And if he misses a call for me, the phone locks up. And the only thing that he can do to unlock the phone is call me back. So he ain't dealing with that issue no more. Before I found the app, I was getting mad because he would see that he missed my call, but he still wouldn't call me back. So we in the call one day, and I'm like, you didn't see when you missed my call. 
And he's doing what he normally does on his phone. He's on YouTube. He's on music. And he's playing Fortnite. And I said, hey, boy, you didn't see that I told you. And he said, yeah, I saw it. But I was playing on my phone. And I said, okay, let me hold that phone. And he gives me the phone, and I turn it off. And I put it in the console. So then he catches an attitude. What do you do on my phone? And y'all, I didn't say nothing. Please give me my phone back. And y'all, I still ain't say nothing. He said, come on, Dad, I was in the middle of a game. Give me my phone. And I said, son, we got to have a discussion about this phone. And I asked him, how much did this phone cost? And he said, I don't know. And I said, that's because I bought it. So I asked him, how much was the bill in the month? He said, I don't know. I said, that's because I paid. And all those apps that you download, that comes out of my account. And y'all, out of nowhere, I heard my daddy in the car. And I said, boy, this ain't your phone. But this is my phone. And it's only my grace that I'm allowing you to do. So don't you ever get it twisted. Because it wasn't for my goodness, you won't have anything in your hand. And y'all, all that we have, it comes from the Lord. All that we enjoy, it comes from the Lord. All that we are blessed with, it comes from the Lord. Tell somebody God did it. But he hears music. 
ain't his dancing. And y'all, that had to be some kind of party. Can you imagine what kind of party that was? If you can hear people dancing. Sound like the old NCO club to me. When the DJ is spinning, the floor is bouncing, the flashing lights are going on and off. And y'all, there's got to be women everywhere. And you got to be a man, somebody, to stand outside of a party like this with no cover chart. And you decide you ain't going in. And it's a pitiful person who doesn't want to join in the party if it ain't about them. Because you, you ain't any part of it. If you got any party in you, if you see somebody else having a good time, it may, not, it may not be my part, but I'm going in to see what's on. And I'm going in to crash the party. Are there any crash party, crash party, crash party within my prison? Who can say it may not be my shout, but I'm going to let you shout by yourself. It may not be my prayer, but I'm going to let you pray for by yourself. It may not be my graduation, but I'm going to let you turn up by yourself. Invite. But I messed around and got hooked up 
Celebration. Yeah. Enemies who stumble and fall. Yeah. That's your celebration. 